Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We call this the best couple of hours of your sports week. This is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Going to be very NBA heavy as the NBA Finals uh, are right on tap to schedule this coming Thursday. Uh, we got some NFL talk. Uh, we're going to get it started with uh, Tiger Woods. But before we get it started, let me throw it to my co-host. Uh, joining me as usual, the usual suspects, my homies. First up, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's up? What's going on, fellas? What's up, Kyle? What's going chilling, on, everybody? Chilling, man. What's cracking? Chilling. Trying to find something to watch on TV, man. This, no, is, right? <laughs> this is torture, man. This is this is torture. No, We didn't have no freaking basketball games during Memorial Day weekend. You know, it would have been a perfect time to grill Chill out. Hey, let's watch the game. Are you eating your while you getting itis eating your barbecue food and no games, man? Because everybody want to get swept and don't want to put up. I, I have a confession. Yeah. I watched game one of the uh, Stanley Cup finals last night. Yeah, I mean, I did too. I only watched it for uh, PK. That's, that's yeah, same cool. here. Same here. Um, and then, you know, we had the Earl Spence and um, Earl Spence and Kelly Brook fight uh, Saturday. So, I mean, that was the only thing that was going on. True indeed, true indeed. Also joining us is the homie, Q the Six Man. Q, what up, man? Yeah, what's going on, Kyle? Chilling, man. Chilling with Craig. Ain't nothing, man. Uh, just really wish that the NBA moved up the playoffs. That would have uh, that would have been <laughs> great. Like you know, instead they gave LeBron and company and uh, Steph and company a lot of rest. So we got to wait until Thursday, I believe. So I'm just yeah. counting on the hours until that. Same here, same here. Also joining us is the homie Ken. Ken, what's up, Playboy? I did not watch hockey. <laughs> I watched uh, 12 Monkeys. It's a show on uh, sci-fi, so um, that's what I did Memorial Day weekend. So I'm doing good. What's up, y'all? Man, can't call it, can't call it Yeah, It's been a lot of channel surfing here for us basketball heads as we await for the NBA Finals. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, man, we're going to get it started. Uh, we're going to start first with your boy Tiger Woods, man. Tiger Woods, uh, if you've been hiding under a rock and you missed the news, Tiger Woods caught a DUI um, early, I guess it was Sunday morning. Uh, his Mercedes-Benz, black Mercedes-Benz was pulled over. Tiger Woods was found uh, asleep at the wheel with the car running uh, with the turn signal on um, and he was asleep and he was booked on well they gave him a field sobriety test uh, he failed the field sobriety test he said that he was when they asked him to recite the alphabet backwards he asked he thought that they asked him to uh, recite the national anthem backwards uh, he was he was they said that he was cooperative but he was very groggy he was asleep at the wheel, so they actually had to wake him up. Uh, so we got first. So we first got the news that Tiger had a DUI, and then earlier today—that was yesterday, Sunday—and then uh, earlier today we got word that when he got the DUI, there was a breathalyzer that was administered, and Tiger Woods blew a point zero zero zero, meaning that there was no alcohol in his system. Uh, Tiger had released a statement late yesterday stating that, you know, that he was under the influence of heavy medications, medications he was taking for his uh, surgically re repaired back. 
And so, you know, that kind of changed the narrative for some people, I guess, but a DUI nonetheless. B, man, what was your first reaction when you heard that Tiger Woods had been, you know, picked up by by the Popo? Yeah, when I, see, this was before I found out that he, not, I found out recently that he was there. I think they reported either yesterday or earlier today that it was, you know, .000. But when I initially saw the freaking article. Right. I read it, and then that's when I think I tweeted you. I tweeted you and Ken was like, "Look, mm-hmm. look, look at your boy. Look at Ken's boy. <laughs> look at Ken's boy. Ken's boy is at it again. He is just. We talking about the rise and fall. I'm waiting for a documentary now. The rise and fall 30 30. Of, yep. of of Tiger Woods, man, because this dude was literally like the elite of elites, and as far as in the sports world, like he was above. He was like Mike. Literally, Michael Jordan of golf, like the greatest. He was on that way of being the greatest of all time. And when I saw that, I'm like, man, this dude just keep falling. I'm like, where is? I mean, how much more can you fall? You know how they be like, well, you know, you're at the bottom. The only way to only way to go is but is up. And it's like, dude, how much more bottom he has to go now? You know what I'm saying? So it's amazing that this dude, you know, was was got put over for that. But then once I found out that he he didn't have no alcohol. And he was taking some meds for his back. That was a lot of damn meds. He was popping. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. for him to be, for him to be that out of it, dude. Like for him to be that under influence where he couldn't drive. He didn't know where he was at. Yeah, he, yeah. So, he thought he was know, in California. Yeah, like that is crazy. Like man, how much of these pills are you popping? And then then it makes me think like mentally, is he trying to like, is he scared that he or he knows that he won't be back to where he was gonna be at, and that's why he popping all these pills and trying to heal fast to come back fast and compete. I don't know, man, but whatever it is, I hope, I hope, I hope, I'm not wishing nothing ill will on him. I'm just trying to tell Ken that the dude is done. He's been done and he's not coming back. But I, I wish him, I hope he gets some help and I hope that, you know, whatever he's going through right now, personally, I hope he can get through it and I hope he can turn himself around. But that's, but he's done. Ken, he's done. He's mentally <laughs> done. Kyle, will you tell this man? Golfing is a mental sport. He yes. is done mentally, yes. man. He is, he's done. He, it's a wrap. He's not winning no more majors. No more. It's funny because I feel like Tiger's the only man on earth who uh, life did not get better after he dropped his side chicks. <laughs> and um, it's really crazy to me because um, I, I just remember being in the crib and like seeing my dad like, oh, Tiger's got another one and another one, another one every summer. And then after that whole thing popped off, when you heard him, you know, crying on the phone calls and whatnot, he's never been the same. Uh, the injuries on top of just the mental part of the game, I think he's pretty much done out here, man. Like, he's pretty much dead to, to the game, for real. Um, I really think he's going through something, whether – and, you know, this is just my personal two cents. Mm-hmm. I think this might be something deeper than that whole um, – that whole situation that popped off a couple of years ago with his wife, this might be something different than that. I truly do think he's, he's been at peace with that whole situation. I think this might be some new demons that we don't even know about. And then when the, his documentary comes out, we're going to be like, Oh my God, wow. That's what was going on. Yeah. And we're going to be like, Oh, we, so we all thought it was something, uh, you know, talking about his wife, but I don't know, man. It's something that's going on in his life, and I really hope that he finds peace because right now, man, his game is being affected. Uh, he said that he was um, – I don't know if he said this during the story, but he said that he 
was actually under the influence of his medication because Mm -hmm. he just had a surgery. And that could be true, but either way, man, like you got to know what your medication does to you if you can't drive or operate a vehicle. It says that clearly on the bottle. The doctor says it to you when you're given the prescription. And either way, it's really sad to see the downfall of Tiger Woods because he was really on that Mount Rushmore, headed toward that Mount Rushmore of just all sports. And now this is really affecting his career because golf is such a sport where you can play it into your 60s and 70s. And, like, we had years of Tiger left, and he cut his reign way too short. True indeed. True indeed. What about you, Ken? Uh, Your thoughts, man, when you got the word that uh, Tiger had been popped by the police? Um, I mean, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend. You know, he just he just got caught. You know, there's a lot of people out there drinking and driving. They just don't get caught. There's a lot of people drinking and driving that do get caught, but they're not Tiger Woods, and we don't know about it. Um, right. I'm happy on one hand that it wasn't for DUI because in the public's eye, that's a serious offense, um, an irresponsible offense. I would argue that driving while on pain pills is just as bad because the man um (laughs) basically when you were describing it kyle i I couldn't help but think like that incident sleep at the wheel with the signal turn signal on kind of describes his career right now right (laughs) 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 so it kind of way it kind of makes sense oh you wrong for that kid (laughs) But he, he, hey man, look, I've had, um, I've had back pain before. They give us some good stuff and that stuff can be, you know, addictive. Tiger could have died. You know, everybody's talking about Tiger judging, you know, Tiger in his career, this and other, and that's fine. He deserves it. But I think one thing that people are missing out on is that this man actually, they could have found him dead. You know, because if, if he was passed out like that, there's no telling when he passed out. He could have passed out. What if he made that turn and passed out? He was that close to just falling asleep and not waking up. And we've heard stars and superstars die from, you know, medication before. You know, Prince, we lost Mike. Prince did. We lost Prince, yeah. Mm-hmm. We lost Gerald Levert. So... Like Q, I, I hope, and B, I, I hope he, he gets it together. I hope there isn't something deeper there that he's going through. Um, because if there is, then this won't be the last that, that we hear of this. Um, the next thing, it may be Tiger, they found Tiger dead, uh, overdose, or he mixed drugs. That's how Gerald Levert died. Drugs mixed together, chemicals reacted in a violent way, and you're dead. But Tiger, man, you got to stop popping them pills, man. You quit acting <laughs> like you D12 out here, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, Much like you guys, with, yeah, when B, B sent it almost like simultaneously as I got a, a, an alert from ESPN, Um, when I saw it, I was like, damn, a D? You're like, 
that would like be the last person you would think, or at least in my opinion, as far as one of the last athletes I would assume that would catch a DUI would be Tiger. But like you said, Ken, it was a Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you know, a lot of people caught DUIs this past weekend. Um, so, of course, there was the jokes and then there was the memes and stuff like that. But I found it interesting that his camp uh, later that day, you know, issued the statement that it was, uh, you know, he was recovering from his. We And we know he recently had uh, back surgery. I think it's fourth back surgery. Um, the thing that was interesting was I, I found it interesting that his camp put that out immediately, that it, that there was no alcohol involved. And I was like, hmm, it's like it's pretty bold for you to say that there was no alcohol involved. Because at some point, I know that there was going to be a tape released and, you know, we were going to get the, the full story. And, and lo and behold, it wasn't even, you know, less than 24 hours later, we get the full story that he was under medication and, you know, not under the influence of alcohol. And I guess for some people that changed their uh, thought process on it. Um, for me, it, it I don't know, man, it still feels funny and it still feels weird because I, I, I want to see Tiger do well, uh, much like B, much like most, and probably quite a few of you listening. You know, if it weren't for Tiger, a lot of people, particularly young black men such as ourselves, wouldn't have never picked up a golf club to play golf. Um, you know, so he inspired a whole generation. And, and I think there's a, a generation of guys on the PGA Tour that really genuinely has respect for him. Yeah, they want to play against him. They want to beat him. But, I mean, we've never – it's it's rare to see an athlete at the top of his craft uh, really kind of fall off. Like, I mean, just imagine – I guess the best way I could put it in, into description, if LeBron just fell off all of a sudden, like he couldn't shoot – and, you know, he was constantly he was injury prone and it, the, the the skills that we saw before, you know, kind of eroded seemingly overnight. Like Kobe. And when you. Send all tweets to at KB Inge. <laughs> um, I'll say this, man. And, you know, people I've heard people talk about it over the last few last day and a half or day or so. Um, you know, about he's fallen off since the whole incident with his wife, wife and everything. And that was that was like November 2009. So it's been that long since he's and I mean, he's he's been in contention for majors, but it's been that long. And I mean, we really thought that we would see him just run past Jack Nicholson's uh, record of majors and his dominance on the game. Um, with that being said, it's very scary. Uh, I, I, as a fan hope and wish for the best for him as a person. Um, it doesn't matter if he ever swings another golf. I mean, it, it doesn't matter to me if he ever plays again. Uh, Tiger is, you know, Tiger's sitting on 400 million, so he's good <laughs> as far as money is concerned. Um, but it's, that's scary. Cause like you said, Ken, you know, he could have hit someone uh, or, you know, sitting there parked in a, uh, a Ben's unresponsive. He could have got shot by the cops, which can happen to a black man in this country. But that's another story for another day. He should have um, took an Uber or something, man. I, you would think, but I, but you know, I, my my you thought probably and, and you, Tiger. <laughs> or whatever, a, have a driver, a, a car, a driver, or something. I mean, but you're I'm right, B. But damn, man, like <laughs> I'm thinking that a guy like Tiger probably did not. And 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 I'm pretty sure there's more than a few of you, more than a few of you listening, 
who have gotten behind the wheel of a car and drove home or drove somewhere when you've had one or two or three or five or seven drinks. Um, thinking, okay, well, it's not that far. It's around the corner. I can make it home or what have you. And you made it home and you made it home safely, but you probably shouldn't shouldn't have, you know, driven the car. Uh, my assumption is being, getting pulled over at 2 a.m., you know, unless he was going to CVS. I mean, he really, though, from the way that it sounds, he should not have been driving a car, period. So I'm hoping for the best, man. I, I'm hoping for the best for Tiger. Uh, real quick, I want to throw out to you guys a quick question. Is this rock bottom? Because we we saw him have a divorce. We saw him go to, you know, rehab for sex therapy. Lose his dad. Yeah, he lost his dad. B, is this has he hit rock bottom, or 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 is it safe to say that he has a little bit further to fall? I mean, this man hasn't won a master major since t- two thousand eight. I thought he was already at rock bottom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you naming all this stuff that you just named. And then according to the fact that he hasn't won since since we almost 10 years since he won a major. I mean, yeah, I, like I said earlier, I don't know which more how much deeper or further bottom he's going to hit at this point. So, yeah, I think he has hit rock bottom because now it's, it's to the point. It's to the point now where and now I, I mean, this is being made publicly, but I don't know how many. It's like now golfers, other golfers and other people in the sports world is like concerned about Tiger now. Mm-hmm. But before it was kind of like, you know, well, you know, well, yeah, he just kind of going through some ups and downs. Da, da, da. But now it's now at this point, it's like people are like really concerned for his well-being. So, yeah, I can't say this is probably this is the rock bottom for him right now. Well, um, look, man, I, I don't I, I don't think so. I don't think this is rock bottom. I think rock bottom was when he got caught. when you when when your wife running out and swinging on you with a with a golf club why why you in the car that's that's rock bottom and you lose all your women (laughs) you got to go to therapy and face you know that type of public scrutiny and and that's rock bottom this is nothing this this is like the comeback story tiger when this is all said and done this is going to be one of the greatest comeback stories of all time it's on record I, it's documented i hope May you're right but i totally disagree and can't stop it man. stop <laughs> all right all right Q, what about you Matt? i don't think it is um i think he has a little further to go until he finally has that self-reflection in the mirror where he's like damn homie in high school you was the man homie like like <laughs> it's like it's like it's really that type of situation with tiger coming in soon um, the way that I saw the press release for him was he made it seem like he um, was trying to justify it and try to like rationalize. Okay, guys, you know, it was actually just my medication. It wasn't uh, alcohol. So relax. And it's that's what I got from it, because normally you know, a, people, a, a person would say, well, yeah, actually, it was the medication, but that was just as stupid. Instead, it came off more of like, a, all right, you all don't know me. It's just my medication. It's not, it's not that it's not that bad. And normally people who hit rock bottom have fully accepted their situation mm-hmm. and like completely comprehend the gravity of, of the situation. And I think Tiger's still in that place where he's like, it's not that bad yet. Like, like, yes, this is bad, but it's not like uncontrollable to where there's no hope left. And I'm not saying Tiger should not have hope. I'm saying that Tiger should really take that look in the mirror. And he hasn't obviously yet where he's saying to himself, Dude, who are you anymore? Like, like, who is this person I'm looking at now? 
Like your your like your your game is gone. I don't know what's going on in in the family situation, but I just speculating it's far from perfect. Who are you right now? And I don't think he's had that moment yet. So no, I don't think this is rock bottom by any uh, standard. I think this is like right near the bottom. But he needs that like. If I could just really quick talk about um, just how you know when like Eminem was going through all all his stuff, mm-hmm. what what like hit rock bottom for Eminem when he started falling off was when uh, he overdosed on pills, and then I think it was his daughter came and like saw him in that state, and she's she was the one who had to call the police. Mm-hmm. He said that was his rock bottom. I'm not saying that Ty Tiger will get to that point. I pray he does not, mm-hmm. but that's rock bottom. That's a real like situation. I don't think Tiger has hit a place where he's like, okay, this is starting to mess with my real like livelihood in my life now. That's true. That's that's a very good point. I, I think um, I hope this is rock bottom for him. I, I Ken Ken made me laugh, but it but that that is a great point. I mean, losing your wife and your kids uh, and the family structure that you have. I mean, I, I would think that that was rock bottom. Um, I'm going to read a quote from the great Jack Nicholas. He said, quote, I feel bad for Tiger. Tiger's a friend. He's been great for the game. He needs our help. I wish him well. Um, close quote. I, I don't know how, you know, and people throw that term around very loosely as far as being friends. I mean, Tiger, I would assume, has a crew. Every man should have a crew. Uh, and hopefully Tiger's crew isn't, you know, yes men. Uh, I think, and Q, you touched on a great point. And I didn't even think about it, but to be dismissive to the notion of, well, don't worry about it. It was just medication. There could be an underlying issue there of a chemical dependency on pain medications. We see it all the time. And that is much, much worse than, you know, getting drunk one particular night. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's not the case, but you know, just like with anything, and I'm not saying that Tiger's an addict because none of us know him personally, but I do know this part of, you know, getting to where you need to be first needs to be an admission as to where you are. Um, you know, these public denials of what, what, it, what actually happened and where he is, uh, that's not going to help him at all. Um, and I'll, I'll end on this statement as far as what Tiger had to say. He said, quote, I would like to apologize with all my heart to my family, friends, and the fans. I expect more of myself too. I will do everything in my power to ensure that this never happens again. Close quote. So, you know, we wish him the best, man. Hopefully he can get past this. Uh, moving on to the NFL. Uh, Michael Vick, former uh, Falcons quarterback, uh, NFL quarterback Michael Vick, made some headlines over the past week. Michael Vick made headlines when he said he would like to sign a one-day contract and retire as an Atlanta Falcon. Uh, of course, that sent a buzz all across you know social media. Uh, He later clarified a statement by saying that he had not been in contact with anyone from the Falcons, but he said that was simply his wish. So Q, I'll throw it to you. Uh, Do you two part question? Do you think that will happen and should it happen? I think it will happen. Um, I do think the owner and Mike have a special connection uh, that not a lot of owners had. Um, with their quarterbacks, their franchise Q- QBs, I can't remember if you, because you're you're the Falcons fan here. What's the name of the mm-hmm. owner of the Falcons? Arthur Blank. Blank, yeah, Blank and and Vic had a pretty special connection. They were pretty much. Um, I remember Vic said in his documentary that uh, Blank did a lot for him 
and they still have a, a mutual respect and a friendship. So I definitely think that they'll be able to sit down and have that conversation. Um, I think this is a great look for Atlanta. I think this would be a great look for Mike. Uh, if he doesn't want to retire with them, he can definitely come to retire at Lincoln Financial, you know, with the Eagles. We'll definitely yes. take him here. But, um, yeah, man, Mike was a superstar, man. He was really changed the game. And I think it, that needs to happen. Uh, just from an impact standpoint, he's the reason why every kid who wanted to play quarterback thought that they could run for 10 yards if no one was, was like, open. You know, and they're everyone who um, – the, he, he's the reason why people want to wear number seven as a quarterback jersey. Uh, kids at least my age, that is, speaking from my generation – Michael Vick was probably one of the most influential just in the East Coast because being here in Virginia, you see the people who love him. Being in Philly, you see people who love him. And he has that connection to where Atlanta kind of views him as kind of like that second son, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this would be a great look for the city. I think that he needs to retire a Falcon because one of his most iconic moments and most of his iconic moments outside of the mm-hmm. Eagles years or in Atlanta, just think about him running it in uh, for was sixty some yards against the Vikings. That's yep. that. That's an iconic moment. Making defenders Michael run Vick. into each other. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like it's like it's iconic. And him wearing that Falcons jersey, he did so many special things. And um, I just only wish that they had put more talent around him in his younger years, because Lord knows what he what he could have did, man. Because he was a phenomenal quarterback, and I think that city owes him uh, at least, you know. Hall of Fame enshrinement, <laughs> but uh, definitely they should retire his his jersey, and they need to give him that last uh, that like last hurrah for Michael Vick. Definitely, no doubt, no doubt. Ken, what about you, man? Michael Vick said he he just he just he's not asking to be be to be in the Ring of Honor. He's not asking for a parade or anything. He would just like to sign a one day contract and retire as an Atlanta Falcon. Uh, do you think it will happen, and should it happen? Well, he better not ask for any of those other things because <laughs> them white folks ain't going to let that happen, man. Them white folks that, that love them dolls like that, they're not going to let that happen. Um, I think it should happen. You know, Vic meant a lot to this city, a lot to that franchise. You know, he was – he alone was the greatest show on, on, on turf, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that guy electrified the league uh, when, when he played, and he destroyed – Anybody that played him um, in fantasy football that week too, so, yes, sir. so yes, sir. He, he was a beast, man. And and I I, I remember playing Madden like you didn't oh, want the opposition to get him, so because it, it, he's gonna destroy you there too. Um, so yeah, it, it should happen. He is a Falcon. He will always be re- remembered as a Falcon. He had great moments in Philly. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think that just showed how much talent he had to go to jail and to, to come out and to still be able to do that. And I'll never forgive Michael Vick for this one thing, never studying the playbook. Yeah. Because if he put in the work, on top of the talent that he had. Oh, my God. Mm. This, mm. He was the playbook, Ken. Bruh, greatest, he would have been the greatest quarterback of all time. He was the playbook. You're right. Absolutely. He was the playbook. But he, he could have been so up. much better. The Falcons, you guys owe us this. 
for what you guys did in the playoffs. <laughs> Do it. I think it will, and yes, it should happen. Uh, piggyback off what Ken said, yes. The that they finish out that Super Bowl, I think this will be a – I think starting the season off this way will be a somewhat of a good healing, <laughs> I get, mm-hmm. a, a continued healing for, for Falcons fans that suffered the uh, Super Bowl. Um, I think this will be a great way to start the season, man. Like, you still have people still rocking Mike Vick jerseys yes. to the game, yes. basically. Yes. Like, he's, like, he's still a member of the team. So this definitely has to happen, and I really hope it will. I, I, and I think it will because, it, like, like Q said, him and Arthur Blank, they they really have a good a good bond with each other. Even since after the dog situation, and you know, Mike Vick went to play with the Eagles. He done some great things. I ain't gonna never forget that comeback, that amazing comeback he did with the against the Giants as a eagle. Mm, iconic. Mm. Yes, that yes. that was so dope. And then yeah, I mean yeah. Plus many iconic moments he had at just playing as a Falcon. You know, being one of the being, I think, I think he was the first QB to beat Brett Favre on his on his home turf. Yes, it was. Yeah, you know, man. You know, you know went, to, went to the NFC Championship game. He did like a, he pretty much put the Allen Iverson of the of the Falcons in that year when he took them to the uh, NFC Championship game and they lost to the Eagles. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, they got to do it, man. This this dude Vic has just been amazing. He's done so much for the city. He's been important to the city. Whenever you still got folks rocking their crispy Mike Vic jerseys, man. Crazy man, so yeah, I, I think it should happen, and I hope it does happen. Yeah, I, I I will agree, man. I I would love to see it happen. I'm a Falcons fan. Um, I'm I'm not even gonna talk about that damn Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that in September. Um, <laughs> the pain still hurts. Um, but yeah, man, as somebody who was a season ticket holder, uh, and saw Vic play, um. Every snap here in Atlanta, uh, I think I think would be great for it to happen. It's hard for me to answer should it happen because I mean obviously that's up to the Falcons uh, and, and their organization. I think and 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 I I I would be remiss if I didn't spin it. And I'm sure I'm speaking for the, the the entire crew. Nobody on here will defend what Michael Vick did. We all know what he did was deplorable. Here's the thing: he went to jail for it, and he paid his debt to society. He paid his debt. He lost a lot. And that was because of his own doing. And the fact that he did not retire as a Falcon and, you know, stay in Atlanta, that's his fault. And nobody will blame. I mean, he he's already been blamed enough for that. I'm not going to sit here and beat you guys over the head with, you know, what he did wrong. We all know what he did and is deplorable and, and so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, uh, he's forgiven. Um, at least in my eyes, uh, he's paid his debt to society and, and, and I've moved on. And hopefully uh, most of the fans here have moved on. Uh, as many of you or some of you may know, um, the Falcons closed out the Georgia Dome this past season. They'll be moving into the new Mercedes Benz uh, Stadium, which is adjacent to the Georgia Dome. But in the final home game uh, at the Georgia Dome at halftime, they recognized all of the Falcons greats. And the last two Falcons to come on the field that were driven on the field was a car, it was a convertible, it was Roddy White and Michael Vick. And when I tell you the place, like they said it was so loud and that people were just, I mean, cheering, they gave him like a three-minute standing ovation. I mean, people were really just happy to, and to my knowledge, this was the first time Michael Vick had been in the Georgia Dome uh, outside of, you know, being in a uniform playing uh, since he had stopped playing. So 
I think that gesture, which they didn't have to do, by the way, I think that gesture, I think that's a step in the right direction as far as making this happen. I would love to see it happen. Again, will he ever get his jersey retired? Nah, I don't. It, it probably won't happen, but I will say this much. Nobody has worn number seven since Michael Vick has left the Falcons. I, th- I think, and the Falcons have had plenty of opportunities to give it to someone else, and no one else has worn the jersey. So, um, and like you said, <laughs> you go to any Falcons game, you'll see a bunch of number twos in the stands, but you're going to see a whole bunch of number sevens too. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a Falcons game. You can just go anywhere in this city and still see the love that people, both black and white, have for Mike Vick. Um, so hopefully it will happen. Hopefully it will happen. Um, as I mentioned, he I guess he's trying to speak it into fruition, so we shall see. Joining us is the homie, uh, FIFO. FIFO, what's up, man? Yo, what's good, y'all? I'm hitting y'all on the mobile. I want to talk about this Mike Vick thing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I thought you could do one. Okay, that's cool. No, no, I, 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 I came in on the tail end of it, but hey, I, I was here when Mike Vick was here too. So, you know, it, it, look, man, Mike Vick was by far the best Atlanta Falcon to play. I, I say a very close second was um, Dion, but that, mm-hmm. but that's, but that's about it. That's a, it's a very short list of all-time greatest Falcons, and I think that if you are considered one of the best to ever do it for this squad then you got to be recognized. And by being recognized, you get your jersey retired. That's just how football goes. You get in that ring of fame at the at the stadium, and that's what you do. And I think that the Falcons owe it to Michael Vick because we're talking about the most dynamic quarterback to play, I would say, ever in the history of the NFL. You have to honor that. And he turned a franchise around. We, we, we were crap. Mm-hmm. Mike Vick came in first year he didn't play second year he played what do we do playoffs so you know Mike Vick man you you, you gotta honor him that way um and, and unfortunately it was sad the way he left the Falcons but it is what it is Kyle and I think you made the great point let bygones be bygones he paid his debt and people around the city still respect Michael Vick they still love and admire Michael Vick so why shouldn't the franchise that drafted him and allowed him to make his name pay the respects to you know <clears throat> retire that that jersey and nobody like you said Kyle nobody's worn it since so I think it's only the most respectable thing that the Atlanta Falcons can do for Mike Vick no doubt, no doubt. Q, you you mentioned he he had some great moments in Philadelphia, uh, that game against that comeback game against the Giants, and then that Monday night game man. against the Redskins. Oh my mm-hmm. God, man! That was, you know what? That was just video game quick. Vic. Just real quick. First off, if our scrub kicker makes one field goal, Mike Vick goes to the second round of the playoffs. But instead, our our kicker David Akers missed three field goals, and we lost by three points to um. Aaron Rodgers, and then they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. I don't care what no one says, man. The Eagles was ready to go that year. We had McCoy, Jackson, Macklin. Vic was playing his best football of his life, and then can't make a field goal. But that's just the Mike Vic story, man. And it's funny because Iverson and Vic are both from the same hood, too, which mm-hmm. is crazy because they yep. both play for, for a Philadelphia team, and they're both electric for those teams. And uh, it just shows you that, you know, uh, seven five seven man, shout out to them. They make stars, man. No doubt, no doubt. So hopefully we'll and we'll see how this plays out. Uh, the Falcons have not, you know, spoken any spoken anything about it. So 
Uh, hopefully, we will get some news in the weeks to come. Uh, moving on to baseball, we had a brawl, a major quote-unquote brouhaha uh, yesterday uh, as Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper got into it. Uh, both were suspended. Uh, Hunter Strickland was suspended for six games. Bryce Hunter, Bryce Harper suspended four games uh, for fighting during a game after Strickland hit Harper with a pitch. Now, there's a backstory to this. From what I understand, Bryce Harper uh, had you know knocked a few home runs off of uh, Strickland, but I think if and I could be wrong, but like it's been a few years since the last time he hit a home run against him. It wasn't anything recent, but uh, he stepped up to plate, stepped up to the plate, and um, yeah, he just drilled him with a pitch. And Bryce Harper uh, then charged the mound, threw his helmet. I don't know what what the hell happened to his helmet, but uh, you can see the videos on YouTube and everything, uh, ESPN. Um, so yeah, so I'll start right there. Uh, Ken, give us your thoughts on, on the suspensions, man. Was was this enough or too much? Well, I um. Four games is 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 a lot, but I think the Major League Baseball they're trying to crack down on the fights. I don't know why because when, fights are the only thing that people ever you know talk about when it comes to Major League Baseball. Uh, outside of that, they don't care until the World Series happens. Um, the fights is, and it's been a lot this year, and baseball brings eyeballs to the sport. You know for the wrong reasons but people talking and you know it's the only time we can have major um debate shows even cover baseball bryce harper is is um i like him he says what he feels he just told kids that there are no participation trophies <laughs> he um, did say that <laughs> yeah like you got you gotta like this guy man and and who's the best player in baseball uh, I would probably say Mike Trout, but we only. But we. It seems like we always talking about Bryce Harper, <laughs> because, <laughs> because and Joey Batista bat flips. Those are the only things we talk about with baseball, and um, I think it's interesting that <laughs> we have a sport that's predominantly white, um, and that you have people that go out there and, and fight like freaking savages <laughs> and nobody refers to them as savages. You know, I wonder why, but I'm not mm, going to get into mm, that. Mm. Anyway. You know, you know, what they, you know, you know, what they, you know what they say, Ken? <laughs> what be? They said, Oh man, that's just two great Titans going at it. I swear to God, when I was watching the um, <gasps> playback and I was listening to the announcers, I was like, no, he did not just say two Titans going at it. Like that was a good thing. Like they just like they love to see that. Oh, two Titans <laughs> going at it. Like get the hell out of here. Sorry, I just had to... when no, you that's, when you that's that's great, man. That's I mean that's great. It's I think it just kind of so highlights, highlights what I'm saying, man. Like the the framing of you know fights in baseball compared to fights in any other sport is 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 quite interesting, but um. But nah, man, I think is you know, like I said, it's been a lot of fights. Baseball players have short fuses uh, this year. But I think the punishment is probably adequate. And uh, naturally, he's going to appeal it. But it's not going to be last. It's not going to be last. So um, they don't like each other. And if they, yeah, they don't again, he's probably going to beat him again. What about you, B? What's your thought about this on the suspension? Two Titans. 
Yeah, yeah, two Titans. Two ah, Titans shit. going at it. I mean, that announcer said that with pride, too, man. Oh, man, that's just two Titans just going at it. What? I said, man, get out of here. Or if that was... Never mind. But, um... The suspension... I, I agree with Ken. I mean, I was like... When I saw this, I'm like, wow. Like, base, Sports Center is really talking about baseball at the top of the hour. Like... That just shows you on and then on the top of like well I think first take that was like one of the first things on undisputed that was like one of the first things normally baseball is not the thing that kicks off everything you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying so for them to have people just like how my man's caught that right last year <laughs> what's my man name for the Toronto I think it was uh, Joey Bats Joey Bats yeah yeah like that was the headline we were talking about baseball. For about a good two days, two or three and days. Yeah, I, I think that led off our podcast last yeah. year. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, like Ken said, that's kind of good for baseball. It's a shame that something like that drama as fighting that for, for have to us for us to talk about baseball. It shouldn't be that we should we should be talking about the stars. I think baseball. That's one thing with baseball. They don't promote their stars enough. Because Definitely. Mike Trout can be walking down the street right now and no nobody would know who that is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Probably except for us. You know, just like some of the diehard sports guys or just people who stay up on sports. But an average person that sees Mike Trout walking down the down the block or, or Harper won't say anything. But uh, I bet you if you see LeBron James walking past, I bet <laughs> you he's going to be followed by a gazillion people. Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Same thing with Antonio Brown. He's gonna be followed by a gazillion people if he's walking down the street. I just think baseball just don't promote their players enough. But yeah, I, the fight. I mean, I think suspension. The suspension should have. I, I definitely think the pitcher should have got more games because he's a reliever. Um. So in and technically, how many more innings he's gonna see? You know, within mm, a that's a good mo- point. Within a month span, as a reliever pitcher, you know what I'm saying? A reliever pitcher within about a month span is probably gonna pitch total of maybe nine innings within a month yeah and think about it if you suspend a pitcher of uh six games he's pitching that, that, a starting pitcher is pitching every five games right, so you, right. know, you really a ain't reliever, he's, a reliever is probably getting one one inning maybe two depends on how, how good he's going you know what i'm saying so yeah i think the pitcher especially if that was intent he should have got more um and Harper, I mean, I I, I was thinking he's gonna get anywhere between five to eight games, but I would they gave him four. I mean, I, I guess that's doable. I guess that's doable. I mean, you know, he he had no idea. He he was retaliating. He was it was kind of like human nature. I think baseball was kind of given to him like, okay, well, this is human nature. If someone hits you with a ninety some mile per hour, heck, if that was me and 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 the pitcher hit me, that would have been my, my reaction. If I didn't know <laughs> what was going on, you know what I'm saying? So right, just, that Harper's part is human nature. The pitcher part. He should have got more because, like I said, um, it was intent, and he's a reliever. He's, you know, that that little smack on the wrist he just got. Like, well, not really a smack. It was like a thump. That's what he got, a little thump on the wrist, and that's all. What about you, Q? Uh, were the suspensions uh, warranted? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny because, like, you kill me with with that man, because that's so true. <laughs> they they really do be saying that stuff, man. They be like, that's they just do. pure passion, right, right, right. Yeah, that's just pure love for the game. Right? Yeah, <laughs> man. Exactly. Let that have look, Tom, let let Tom that have Brady. been Draymond right. and KD or something, man. They be like, this is just not what we want for, for, for the game. And it's just funny, man. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny when it's the malice in the palace versus when it's Bryce oh Harper. You know, gosh. right. But uh, that's a whole other story. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, this is light. This is not anything. You like it's, it's like five hundred games in a baseball season. Four games. You 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 be all right, dude. Like you be all right. It's not going to happen to them. Um, yeah. It's a light suspension. The fight happened. I was very bored of it. You know, everyone was hyping it up like it was the best thing to see. It was all right, man. Cool fight. Suspension was light, and we should be moving on to not caring about baseball in a couple of days from now. So we'll be all right. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with the suspensions. I th- I think they were. I mean, for for what baseball normally does, I think this is probably about par for the course. Um, you know, it's two teams that don't like each other, and Giants and the Nationals, respectively. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they they still have like a couple more games to play. Um, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, they're playing again tonight. So I mean, it, who knows? Something else might pop off before it's all said and done. Both players have appealed their suspension, so they will be in the lineup tonight. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I mean, it was it was funny, uh, and just just basing the fight itself, uh, you can tell that neither one of these dudes probably been in a fight in their life before, because <laughs> they look really really suspect trying to throw throw hands, um, you know. And 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 if you if you if you watch the clip in kind of like slow motion. Even before Bryce Harper threw that helmet, when he got like halfway to the mound, he realized like, oh snap, like he's really ready to fight. Like I'm really gonna have to fight this dude because you know Strickland wasn't backing down. So uh, Hunter Strickland, take your six game suspension. I'm, I'm, and again, I'm pretty sure with this appeal, uh, they may not even have to serve these these uh, games that that are that are being handed down by uh, Rob Manfred and uh, Major League Baseball. So. Um, Strickland, take your four, take your six games. Hunter, take your four, and just be done. Uh, let's move on to the NBA. The NBA Finals at the time of this recording is two days away, and we cannot wait. Uh, we're running out of things to watch on TV. <laughs> We've already established that. Uh, man, I'm up here watching. Of, I'm watching the trilogy of Terror. Remember that movie? Hey man, I haven't to be honest. I haven't even turned my TV on. <laughs> I'm watching old school it's, trilogy of terror, dude. It's been that bad. I have not even turned my TV on. This would be a good time to catch up on some stuff on Netflix. Um, but yeah, man. So the NBA Finals right around the corner. Uh, I am been I've been waiting and waiting all day really to get you guys a take on on what we were going to talk about tonight. Um, so here's the narrative before we even talk about the finals. Here's the narrative that I'm sure you guys have heard and we have that and I've heard and we and you guys listening have heard the the playoffs have been boring. Uh, I've heard that at nauseum that the playoffs weren't exciting. They weren't as compelling. There were too many blowouts. Um, So with that being said, you know, we got, quote unquote, the two super teams about to go head to head. So you got the two super teams, but. Is it necessarily great for basketball that you have these two teams that, you know, that we could have said back in November when the season tipped off uh, were the two best teams in the league? You know, and and, and again, the, some of the fans have said that it was boring. So, Q, I'll throw it first to you. We got the matchup that we wanted, but considering what we've seen, is this necessarily great for the NBA? I think it's I don't I think it's somewhere in the mid- middle man. I don't think it's bad nor do I think it's great for the NBA. I think this is just a product of 
teams in the middle, and by teams in the middle, I mean teams outside of obviously these teams that have been to the finals three straight years. Teams in the middle just have to up their recruiting, up their drafting, and just understand that that they're playing against these two teams. Uh, outside of just the Warriors having all this talent, they need to look at how they were in the position to even acquire a KD in the first place. Um, someone like you know, I can't Bob Myers, you know, the GM for the Golden State Warriors, and someone mm-hmm. like a, a a Griffin in the in Cleveland to be in the position to strike in a summer to acquire a Kevin Love and to re-sign a LeBron James. Obviously, there's more of a hometown native there with with a LeBron, but the sentiment remains that these organizations kept their options open. These organizations had great drafting. These organizations were in a position to strike when free agent contracts were up that could complete their teams. So I think it's this very one-sided narrative that, oh, my God, these super teams are ruining the NBA. But the thing is, though, is that nobody ever looks at how organizations play uh, their hand to make these super teams because this formula is obviously replicable in other cities. It's replicable in Cleveland. It's replicable in uh, L.A. just from seeing their history. It's replicable in Boston. It's replicable in Golden State and Miami. So we're seeing that this can be done in multiple places. This does not matter about, you know, market. This is a certain, of course, market has a little bit to do with it. But at the same time, the product will speak to itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're seeing that the New Orleans Pelicans just acquired DeMarcus Cousins to put along with Anthony Davis. Now they have to draft well. Now they have to keep their options open so they can create their super team. This is a simple, you know, math equation of how do we get the most talent while being able to be flexible in the cap while being able to draft well to sustain for the future. Because Golden State has guys like Patrick McCall um, and and uh, Ian Clark who are coming up the ranks. Who hey, look like they can be... Yeah, Kevin Looney, you, you you have these serviceable guys. You have guys on Cleveland like Kyrie, who's going to be around way after LeBron's retired, still doing stuff for Cleveland. While they can still have the optionality to you know go sign guys, this is a simple, simple, simple thing. Keep your options open, keep your cap flexible, and be willing to strike when the iron is hot. You have to keep your options open. Optionality is the number one thing for a GM. So this conversation that this is bad for the NBA, I think it's very one-sided and it's very shallow because no one's looking at how Golden State went from being a team with just an up-and-coming shooter in Steph Curry to being a team that now has one of the best defenders in the NBA in Klay Thompson, also one of the best power forwards in Draymond Green, and they were able to lure Kevin Durant away from Oklahoma City, who already has their other superstar, and they had a super team on the rise as well. But you see how Oklahoma City did not keep their options open. They did not know how to play the game because they didn't want to pay the luxury tax for James Harden. Mm-hmm. They could have had their big four, but they played their hand wrong. So now it's all about, oh, Cleveland and Golden State aren't playing fair. No, you just got to play the rules right. And they haven't played them right. So now you see that all they have is Russell Westbrook now. And now Katie's on the Warriors because he realized that the iron was hot and he could strike for a title with Golden State. So, Kyle, to answer your question, no, I don't think this is bad for the NBA. I don't think it's necessarily great for them either. I just think this is the hand that we've been dealt to see that GMs are willing to do whatever it takes to win. And if you can't beat them, join them. And if you can't do that, 
and you can't acquire a team that, you know, can uh, compete, maybe that's on you because the blueprint is out there. Four teams have done this. The narrative has been these playoffs are boring. Mm -hmm. And I will beg to differ. Yes, we knew who was going to make the finals. We knew last year who was going to make the finals. Because when you have the best player on the planet, you're supposed to make the finals. Right. That's the level of pressure and scrutiny that LeBron is under every single year. And that is the expectation. It's not something like, oh, can't he make? No. When is LeBron going to make the finals? He made seven straight with two different teams. So we already knew whoever LeBron is, whatever team LeBron is on, they're going to go to the finals. Right. Right. Now, we knew that Golden State was also going to make it because not only did they have the best shooting backcourt ever, they also added KD, which is the second best shooter off the dribble. So just by process of elimination, we knew who was going to make it. But that doesn't mean that the other teams were not good. It doesn't mean that the other series were not good. I I particularly uh, found mad enjoyment with Washington and and Boston. I thought that was a pretty damn good series. Then they go seven. Isn't that what people want? Isn't that what the cable companies want to be able to sell you more of that Mm -hmm. product? They gave you seven games, and there were multiple series to go six games. But we all knew who the finalists were going to be, and it just so happened them guys just went through the rest of the NBA. But it does not mean that the uh, that the rest of the NBA, the other 28 teams, are not competitive amongst themselves. And we also saw a lot of injuries on the West, uh, uh, in the Western Conference. So, yes, there were a couple of letdowns, but for the most part, I think it was what we expected, and it's not a bad playoffs. It's just what we expected. Other teams have a long way to go to catch Cleveland and Golden State. That's the reality of the situation. And here's the thing. I'll make another point. Mm-hmm. When has there ever been parity in the NBA? Because back when the Lakers were nice, guess who was making the finals? And guess how many super superstars they had on their squad? How many Hall of Famers they had on their squad? How many Hall of Famers did Boston have? How many Hall of Famers did Detroit have? There's always been three to four teams every single year that can compete for a championship. I ain't say win, but that mm-hmm. can compete for a championship. Was there three legitimate teams this year that can truly compete for a championship? I think uh, San Antonio, Golden State, and Cleveland. Is, is, is that far off from what the NBA has been? The NBA has exactly. always been this. The NBA has always had basically... When it was the Lakers, it was either Pistons or the Celtics. Exactly. Like that was it. In 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 the nineties, who else did we see besides uh, the Bulls? It was the Rockets two years in a row. So it's like this 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 narrative that oh the NBA needs more competition. I think it comes down to the fact that organizations still have to build a better teams. It's it's really up to that. And, you know, we we, we see too many boneheaded mistakes by upper management. We see too many mistakes happen by upper management. Like, I I would argue to say getting rid of DeMarcus Cousins and getting what you got in return was a mistake. So the Kings have put themselves back into a a situation where they're not going to be good for the next 10 years. The reason why I say 10 years, even though this is a a, a really deep draft and they have two of the top 10 picks in this draft, it takes most prospects, even the great ones, three to five years to mature. 
And then it's going to take another one to two years for them guys, especially if they don't have other veterans or other star veterans, to figure it out in the playoffs. So we're talking about seven years in already. So they got Buddy Heald, which is now going to be a second-year player. They're going to add two young guys to, 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 to that core. Too many NBA teams make too many mistakes. And you have to understand where you are in, in your franchise. And that's the problem. And another thing is, is that we also have to understand the reality of the situation is if we're going to have four to six teams that are viable championship contenders, what does that do for the rest of the league? There has to be at least four to five teams that are rebuilding completely, complete teardown jobs. It, mm-hmm. That's that's what the balance is. There's never going to be a time in the NBA where you have 30 teams that are championship contenders. That will never happen. There's not enough talent on this planet to foster 30 competitive NBA championship teams. It is you know, not people, going to happen. Let me let me let me give you this point to to your to your point of upper management. No one forced Orlando to to sign Biombo, then trade for Serge Ibaka, and then draft a point guard who can't shoot, and then put no people who can shoot around him. Nobody told you know the Bulls to sign Rajon Rondo and trade for an aging D Wade. Nobody told them to do that. Those are mistakes that the upper management makes. Nobody told um, uh, the uh, 76ers a long time ago to trade for Andrew Bynum and hope that works out. Those are mistakes that upper management makes. Nobody told the Brooklyn Nets to trade your whole <laughs> entire farm for Paul Pierce, for Kevin Garnett, and, and Jason Terry. No one told y'all. No, no one told y'all to do that. That's not Cleveland or Golden State's fault. In fact, Golden State was still building up to being the super team that they were when that was happening. The difference is the GMs for different teams. There's a difference between having a you know a Billy King. And then having, you know, a Bob Myers. That goes a long way. Nobody Dude. told, you know, um, them to trade Cousins for Buddy Hill because the GM of the Kings thinks he can be the next Steph Curry. That's just that's just bad basketball IQ. But, Q, let, let, let's not absolve uh, Prokhorov as well um, with this Brooklyn Nets thing because Prokhorov told Billy – hey, I need a championship team in three years. So yeah. based off of that, and we ain't, ain't these owners sometimes have too much say, and I understand you're the owner, you're the one that foots the luxury tax, you're the one that foots all of the salaries for everybody, so I understand that. But to run a successful business, you got to put people in positions to do what they do best, and then you don't meddle. And when you have an owner like Prokhorov that thought that, oh, I could just buy my championship it's not that easy, especially when you mortgage the future, because now you're going to be super ass, super ass for the next 10 years. And you don't have a fresh young crop to, to, to start to cultivate. You, 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 you don't have anything. So so at the end of the day, and, I, and let me digress back to the, to, to the original question. Was the playoffs not competitive and, and, and was it boring? No, it wasn't. Not to me. Not to me. If you truly watch the other teams and understand, no, they're not going to compete for a championship, it was great basketball being played out there. I, I agree with uh, Ralph's sentiment. I didn't have any, any issues with with the, the playoffs myself. Um, we all knew what was going to happen. I think mm-hmm. the thing was how many games were, were they going to lose. And I think it depends on what you're looking for 
as a fan. So if, like for me, watching this, what was one of the things that B talked about? Man, have we ever had two teams sweep their way to the to the finals? Mm-hmm. That was a storyline. Game six for John Wall. Hitting mm. that three to win that game, that's a moment. That's mm. a moment for him. Yeah, they wet the bed in game seven, but we had a game seven, you know, in, in Boston. And then we had the Kelly O'Linick game, you know, which is another moment that goes in, in Celtic lore, right? You had that. Then you had the Pacers almost still in game one. We had Paul George, um, you know, trying to go toe-to-toe with LeBron trying to take this team that had no shot and keep them competitive. You know what? They had a 26-point lead. They blew that lead. That was a moment. That was interesting to watch, to see the Cavs come all the way back with Kyrie and Kevin Love on the bench. You Mm -hmm. know, we had James Harden and Russell Westbrook going at each other. You know, Westbrook giving it all he had, you know, ultimately to, to lose. Going two for 20 in fourth quarters. We're looking at Westbrook willing to lay it all out on the line, and we see Harden put up 10 points. You know, his closeout game without Kawhi Leonard. We had the Kawhi Leonard injury. We had a Spurs team that was probably going to beat the Warriors with with Kawhi because I think Pop figured something out. We had stories there. I don't think it was boring, but, you know, if you only watch the Cavs and you <laughs> only watch the Warriors, yeah, it probably was a little bit boring to you, you know, because they made it look, easy the Warriors made it look easier than than the Cavs did so if you watch the Warriors game yeah you were probably bored out of your wits outside of game one when Dame and CJ McCollum went nuts for a half a quarter half a game another moment so there were things that was able to keep us entertained but if your first take if you're undisputed if you're speak for yourself if you're all of these programming networks that are out there and the only thing you want to do to fill your programming is talk about LeBron and the Warriors all day, really LeBron, they barely talk about the Warriors, then, yeah, it's probably going to be boring to you because you don't have anything else to talk about or you don't want to look to anything else to talk about and let the people watching know that there's other stuff that's happening that's interesting and entertaining. Great point. Great point. What about you, B? Um, Your take on it. Do you think – with some fans saying that it's boring, that having these these two teams, these quote unquote super teams, is necessarily good for the NBA. Um, come on, no. I mean, I wait a minute. I'm saying no because I don't have no issue with it because I okay. I, did you, did I, you think that the playoffs was boring? No, because like I was talking to FIFO, I'm like, man, this is gonna be the Greek freaks coming out party. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately they 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 lost, but you know it was good seeing another up and coming. A future superstar in this league that we were witnessing you know what i'm saying um you know boston like people mentioned earlier boston washington series very entertaining series win seven that was great um it was good seeing it was good with all the mvp talk mvp talk that we've been having all season long between harden and westbrook it was great that them two clash in the first round you know i mean even though we kind of knew that Houston was a little, you know, we knew that Houston was the better team overall, but it was just still the excitement and to see that Westbrook was going to go ham every single game until mm-hmm. OKC was out of it. You know what I'm saying? Even the Memphis and San Antonio, it started out boring, but it ended up being an entertaining series. Um, people sleep people sleep on that series. Um, I mean, yeah, like and like like Ken said, if you've just been paying attention to only Golden State and Cleveland, yes, it is going to be boring to you. 
But I mean, let's not forget about the Chicago and Boston series. We was all counting. We were saying, oh, snap. Yeah. Ba- people were saying Boston was the worst number one seed ever in NBA history. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? 0-2. When they start out 0-2, which I can't say they they the worst number one seed because they ain't lose Chicago. If they would have lost Chicago, you probably could have made that statement. But they didn't. But um, yeah, I think the playoffs wasn't boring. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, and I was talking to my dad about this. When when freaking Boston and LA was running the 80s decade, no one had a freaking issue about that. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden, oh, it's so great. Magic and bird. Da 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 da. I'm like, man, I bet you if we had social media back then. I bet you it would have been some right. fools talking about some, man, these players are boring. I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching NBA since 78, and, and now in 88, we still got, you know, we still got a Boston and, and you know, uh, uh, I mean, 87, we still got a Boston and, and Lakers finals, man. Like, what's going on? Like, how these guys going to the championship every single year? So, you know, it was it one year, if it wasn't the Lakers, it was Celtics. If it wasn't the Celtics, it was the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So, the 80s. What about the freaking nineties when the Bulls won, you know, six championships, you know, in 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 you know two three of uh, three two of them being three B. But B, you you know what the narrative in the of the nineties are is that oh Michael Jordan stopped all of these other Hall of Famers from winning championships. Well, hasn't LeBron stopped a couple of future Hall of Famers from winning a championship? Yeah. A couple of future Hall of Famers win Duncan, some championships. Duncan has they, too. Let's yeah, not forget Duncan about had, the body. Let's let's not forget about the bodies Duncan got. So did Kobe. You know, in that in that same era. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So 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 I, I just find it interesting that all we want to do is tear down LeBron. And I think that this narrative of the of the playoffs being Boring is part right. of that. Like, what yep. are you talking about? Boring. This guy, look. Why we? Not hey, 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 yo, FIFO, FIFO, hold on. What, what about this though? Rob Parker said that uh, LeBron James was ruining the NBA. <laughs> Rob Parker's an idiot. Rob Parker's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> George, George makes it boring. I want to see Patrick Ewing win a championship. I want to see all these other guys. Win oh yeah, if if you if, have, if, you yeah, have if we had Twitter, and I think. And I think Kyle made a uh, he he wrote like an article. He did a podcast about this. If yeah, if did. Jordan, if we had Twitter and all that stuff during the Jordan during during the nineties era where Jordan was dominating, I, I, you know, I think the narrative I, to me, I think the narrative would have kind of been the same as LeBron. Like it's the type of narrative that LeBron is getting. I think we would have got some of that same. Like Jordan would have had some of that same. Um, Only difference between Mike and LeBron. Michael Jordan didn't come in with the hype. Right. right. With the hype. That's the only difference about how great or what these guys have been able to do amongst their career and why I think that the narrative is 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 different. Because John Paxson and Steve Kerr and all these guys hit shots, BJ Armstrong in the corner, these guys hit shots. Oh my God, the Bulls are that dominant. When you got Kyrie, uh uh uh, uh K Love. Other guy, Ray Allen, hitting shots for LeBron. Oh my God, he saved his career. Are you? Are we? Are we? Come on, man. Come on. I mean, yeah, I know. Steve, Steve Kerr did hit a shot to beat the Supersonics, so let's not act like you know. Let's not act like Mike never, never, never had nobody come in clutch for him, man. This happened a lot. Oh, of course, of course. Scotty Pippen, the Paxson. top player of all time, and people were acting like Scotty was not Kawhi before but you know, Kawhi you know went what, later, man. You know what? I, I, I think. I think I think it all depends on who who's who's 
answering the question. I think some people, they have this their own narrative as to what they wanted to see. I've heard some people say it was, you know, the season, regular season was anticlimactic. Um, you know, touching on your point, B, as far as like the 80s, the only difference is we didn't have access to these teams the way that we do. Like, so you couldn't see Magic. You know, if you got League Pass, you, you if we had League Pass back then, you could see Magic every night. You know, you know, for a better part of the 80s, you know, some of these games were on tape delay. So, you know, the game would be played Sunday afternoon. You would have to skip your local news and then to, you know, so you so you wouldn't see the results. And then you would watch the game at nine o'clock on Sunday night on TV tape delay. Um, I remember those days back in 1980, 81. Um, but as far as, you know, whether or not it's, it's good, I think. You got. I think everybody touched on some great points. I think part of it is, is that you find these are two teams that have found a way. First and foremost, you got to look at how Golden State was built. You know, their three. If you remove KD, their three stars were drafted by their teams, which nowadays doesn't happen anymore. You know, Curry, Draymond, and Clay Thompson were all drafted by that team. Um, you look at how the, the Cavs were constructed. Obviously, when they drafted Kyrie Irving, they had no idea that LeBron was coming back to Cleveland. He was in Miami at the time. And then when he came back, you know, they they assumed that it would be him, Kyrie, and Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins, they make the trade for Kevin Love, and, and so here we are. Um, is it good for basketball? I think, it's, I think it's, it's neither good nor bad. It's just where we are. Um, I heard somebody, and I can't remember, it might have been Rob Parker, you know, blame, Le, you know, saying this is LeBron's fault because now, you know, superstars want to team up with each other. I don't, here's the, here's my thing about them teaming up. Did LeBron set a precedent for it by going to Miami? You could make a case that he did. But here's the thing. We all want to celebrate the win. And... <laughs> If LeBron had not won a title, we'd be dogging LeBron like like how we dog Carmelo. If KD does not win a title, we'd be dogging him like we do Carmelo. People respect winners. And I don't think that the playoffs were boring at all. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you look, I, I could pick any series. Take, for instance, the Utah Clippers series. Joe Johnson hitting game-winning shots. Those, those were some, now granted, those games probably went off about 1 o'clock. Those were some great games. Um, I think one thing that some fans tend to miss is the process. We came up in the 80s and the 90s, and we saw teams like before Jordan won his six titles, he had to go through the bull. I mean, excuse me, the Pistons. These Pistons beat the hell out of him on consecutive years. You know, so it wasn't just one year. Jordan didn't just pop up in the finals in 1991. It took years and years and years for him to get to that process. Hell, he didn't he didn't win. He didn't win an NBA series until Pippen got there. Exactly. So in saying that, maybe that's the 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 process that we're seeing in Boston now. Maybe Boston has to take their licks before they can take the next step. Or Washington, or maybe this is a process for Washington. Like you said, wall hitting that three-pointer, not only that game-winning three-pointer in game 6, not only changed how people look at John Wall, but it, it gave people a different view outside of, you know, your average sports basketball fans, how we should look at the Wizards. You know, they're another up and maybe this is a part of their process. So while, yeah, we do have two of the best teams or two the, the two best teams left standing, which should be standing. Don't 
miss out on the process and the steps that these that some of these other teams are taking to get to that point because the Golden State won't always be at the pinnacle of the Western Conference. Cleveland won't always be at the pinnacle of the Eastern Conference. And we're going to look back and say, okay, well, you know what? Boston started their run this particular year when they got Horford and they got IT and then they got the number one pick. And you'll see the mature the maturation process as a team. So I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing for the NBA. We just we just happen to see who see two teams. I mean, think about it like this: four years ago, nobody expected the Warriors to be where they were where they are right now. I mean, it just happened. We thought the Lakers would fade, and you know, uh, it looked like the Clippers and Lob City were going to be the next ones up to bat, and they haven't gotten out of the second round. So you just never know what's going to happen from year to year. It's safe to say that Cleveland will be back or be back at, at the at the very least in the Eastern Conference Finals because of LeBron. But you just never know what can happen. And I think that's what intrigues us. And I think it just it really depends on who you ask. Because some people just whenever they get a chance to dump on, like FIFO said, dump on LeBron or dump on the NBA in particular, they will. So, you know, it is what it is. There's only one no, way that the playoffs are if Golden State sweeps the Cavs, that's the only way that the playoffs are boring. I don't, and you know, FIFA, I, I, I heard someone say that, and I don't even think, at least I hope not. I mean, I would hope that the way that these two teams are are, are matched, I it hope we don't happening. get. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I would be shocked if any, if 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 we got a sweep either way. Um, Six. yeah, it could happen, but I doubt it. I doubt. Don't I mean, boring. So yeah, I just wanted to point out, uh, don't forget about the Kawhi Leonard game. Remember when he was out there looking like Kobe, hitting all those threes and yes. tying yeah. the game? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was probably yeah. one of the best games of the playoffs. Against, against the Grizz, Grizzlies, another team that's scra- – I mean, so, you know, it's – beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's, it's Some people, they, they're going to find stuff to complain about altogether. But – and like you said, in the 80s, we already knew what the result was going to be. Nine times out of ten, it was going to be the Celtics and the Lakers. And, you know, while they did not blow through and, – and granted, some of the games were more competitive. Some of the teams were more competitive. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's just what you get. It's just – this would just happen to be a quirky year like that. Um, pressure. That's my next question. Pressure, pressure or not? Q, the sixth man. Who has more pressure to win the NBA Finals, Kevin Durant or LeBron James, and why? Kevin Durant, hands down. Okay. LeBron James should lose this Finals by all intents and purposes. He should lose it because he's playing with house money. You have two MVPs. You have Draymond Green, one of the best defenders in the NBA, one of the best power forwards. You have Klay Thompson. Probably nobody in the NBA can get as hot as him when it comes to shooting. When he's on, there's no one I've seen in NBA history who can get as hot. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just my opinion. So LeBron is up against two MVPs, a unanimous MVP in Steph Curry, a seven-footer who can dribble the ball, who has a handle, who can pull up from 30. So Kevin Durant left OKC because he listened to the words of Jerry West. Jerry West says, without you, we can probably win a couple of championships. Verbatim, that's what he said. Without you, we can probably win a couple of championships. With you, we can win a lot of championships. So the basis of him going to Golden State is to win championships. For him to now backtrack on this BS and say, well, there's more to life than finals. To me, <laughs> that's like cushioning the blow for, hey, if LeBron beats my ass, then you know I'm not that pressed about it. 
Don't try to, you know, you know, uh, damage control now, Kevin. You went there to win championships, as you should have. I support the decision. But the pressure is on you because now there's this narrative that has been on you since 2012 that you are afraid of LeBron James. When it's clutch time, people say that you pass the ball. When it's crunch time, people say that you get that your eyebrows get a little sweaty. When it's crunch time, people say that you might miss a couple shots. The pressure's on you, Kevin. You got an MVP, two lockdown defenders on the perimeter, and you got Draymond Green. So let's not act like this pressure is not Kevin Durant's. The oh, whole you should go in this in this finals. You're averaging uh, 29. You should at least get a 40 pointer at least one game. This finals, this pressure's on 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 him, man. He has he has everything working for him. He has a proven winning uh, coach, and he has a proving winning system. And now he's going in there and completing this death lineup of him, Iguodala, Clay, Draymond, Steph. Now they have the the uh, the atomic lineup, as they call it. So we need to see what Kevin Durant is made of. Are you afraid of LeBron James, or is that just BS? You can prove it by winning the finals. Go right at him, Kevin. Go at Le- go at LeBron. Show everyone that you're not scared. There's people who are going to hate you regardless. But I'll tell you this. If you don't win, the memes are going to be outrageous. And you don't want to see those. Because trust <laughs> me, dog, the meme game is going to be so vicious. But if you do win, of course, there's going to be those who say, Oh, he was supposed to do that. He was supposed to do, do, do you know what I'm saying? The same thing that they said about LeBron in Miami. It don't matter, though, because you still got that hardware on your finger. They can't say nothing to that. That's just outside noise. The pressure is on Kevin Durant 100%, Kyle. No doubt, no doubt. And I want to read, a, just to piggyback off what you said before I throw it to B, uh, read you a quote. Um, Kevin Durant had an art. He had an interview with uh, Steve Wojnarowski from uh, uh, Yahoo Sports. Um, he asked Kevin Durant, what would a ring mean to you? He said, and Kevin Durant said, and I quote, it wouldn't mean my life was complete. Would not mean my life was complete. Uh, I've got a life I want to lead and a lot of shit I want to achieve. So if I win a ring, it would be a fun experience for that moment when the buzzer sounds, embracing my teammates and the locker room and all that stuff that comes with it. But after that, what's next? That's how I look at it. What's next for me? That's a high. It's a two to three week high. I can tell you. You can tell when teams win the championships. I saw the 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 Cavs last year. They went to Vegas. They all hung out for a night. But it's a two week high. I want to experience that. But I'm not going. But it's not going to complete me at all. As for being a person and what life is about. At the end of the day, it's going to be another basketball milestone that I reach. If it happens, we'll see. But if it don't. I'm not going to ball up in my room and not come out. I'm going to work on my game and enjoy myself. Close quote. PZ430. PZ430. Who has more pressure? LeBron James or Kevin Durant? B, cut to me, man. Go ahead, go ahead, FIFO. Go ahead, FIFO. Look, look, look. I don't like cussing on dead end sports, but that's a punk ass bitch made statement. Like, <laughs> you going to work on. Nigga, you should be working on your game right now. You should be talking. Look, 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 look. Hold on. Let me let, 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 let me digress a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> Yo, look. When you... What Kevin Durant is trying to do, he's trying to release some of this pressure. But understand, buddy, 
that it comes with the territory. When God makes you seven feet tall with God-like ability and unbelievable, undefiable range, guess what happens? You have to live with that pressure. You you know who embraced that pressure? Oh, oh, 23 himself, LeBron James. He put Chosen on his back for a reason because he knew that when you're that great, Regardless if you wanted it or not. KD, if you didn't want this pressure, if you didn't want to win championships, you should have been a bus driver. You should have been over here in Atlanta working for Marta or whatever they call it over there in D.C., being a seven-foot-tall bus driver. People looking at you like, man, if I was this, I'd be Because I know I do that all the damn time. Give me KD skills and height, and I guarantee you, I say it right now, I win at least two, three rings. What are you talking about? KD... And going back to what Q said, forget missing some shots and some three. This man will miss some free throws. I done seen it. I done called him out. Damn. This here is going to be the worst thing to happen to KD's career. Now, as a human being, KD's 100% right. But people don't know you as a human being. People know you and identify you with the NBA and being great. And now you're going to have finally – the opportunity to dethrone LeBron. Just like LeBron got the pass in his first finals, he got the pass against LeBron in, in that first finals with OKC against Miami. You're too young. Everybody, whatever, whatever, right? We gave you that pass. Now you are a seasoned veteran going to a squad that has already reached two finals back-to-back without you. Yes, KD, you have to win. You must win. And for and for him to, to, to come out with this, he should have just embraced it and said, you know what? I want to win. And it's not just for no two-week high. It's to cement your career. How do we talk about Charles Barkley? How do we talk about all of these superstars that have never won? Oh, well, you ain't Michael Jordan, though. But guess what? We could mention LeBron in the same breath as Jordan. I don't care what nobody says. We, I, I, If you say Jordan is better, I have no argument. If you say LeBron is better, I'm cool with that too. But at the end of the day, we can make the argument. If KD does not win at least one ring, this guy has to be the bummest guy in NBA history because you're talking about a guy that had the most individual skills to never win a championship. We cannot let that down. As media, whatever the hell you want to call me, a pundit, this, that, the third, we cannot let KD live this down. No, you are supposed to, based off of talent alone, compete every year for a championship. And you have to. It's in the cards. If if you didn't want to deal with that, you shouldn't have been a basketball player. You should have been a seven-foot wide receiver. (laughs) Damn. He get killed going across the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say he got the pressure. And FIFO, to piggyback off one little point you made, you said um about LeBron losing his the first final in Miami. They didn't really give him a pass just because the way he disappeared. No, 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 no. His very first finals against San Antonio. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he no, pretty no, much no, yeah, he didn't get he a pretty, pass. He for pretty that much he pretty much played in that finals with kibbles and bits. So yeah, I, I, yeah, they definitely gave him a pass. <laughs> I thought, you, I thought you were talking about his first final as Miami Heat. Um, no, but um, yeah, Kevin Durant. I, yeah, I think I think he got the pressure, man. He he definitely got the pressure because you you went to a team that just won seventy three games that was up three games to one in the finals and was one game away, forty eight minutes away from being back to back championships. 
you was up three one against them and you didn't close you didn't you didn't seize the moment. You didn't take care of business when you was up three games to one um against them in the Western Conference Finals. And you went to that team, you know, y'all won a, a still a, a great sixty seven win season, which is still pretty impressive, um, in itself. And now you guys sweep through the playoffs, you're in the finals. Yes, the pressure is on Kevin Durant to win his finals, man. Because, you know, what's the narrative now? Oh, LeBron James has owned this guy. You're playing against LeBron James. You're going to check him. You, you probably won't guard him for the entire game, but you're going to guard him for a good amount of time, you know, in the, in this throughout games and through the series. Of course, Golden State going to throw different bodies at LeBron. But, KD, guess what, man? Time for you to man up, and you got you to gotta face this, man. You got to face this head on. Is you going to let LeBron add on to his legacy? And beat you guys, or you gonna step up to the and not just coast. You gotta step up and like fall out against this against LeBron James and show why you should be considered, you know, the 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 best. You know, they consider you second best. Show us why we shouldn't consider you second best. This is this is how I feel. I, I think KD Shaft. Show us why you're not the second best player in the league. You know what I'm saying? Go out there and step up in this finals. That's all to it. Michael Jordan did it when everybody was questioning, oh, who's the best shooting card between him and Drexler in the 92 finals? Guess what happened? We know what Jordan, what Jordan was putting in work on, on Clyde Drexler. Mm-hmm. We killed that argument immediately after that after that NBA finals. Is, Stephen, I mean, is Kevin Durant want to do that? He need to have something. He need to, he need to dig in somewhere in this yeah, huh? You said Golden State going to win. For, for yeah. Because KD made this statement, they're going to lose. And, and, and this, <laughs> this is- gonna, yeah, I got Golden State winning. You know why, people? Because Cleveland, Cleveland defense concerns me, man. That That's the only reason why. That's that's the I, main that's the main factor. Or oh, that's like the little bit of factor where I'm like, because Cleveland defense just concerns you know, me. Man, this dude, KD, super soft, and he's already – Slightly conceding to Brown. Well, if I don't win, I, you know, my life's still good. You know, but, but it's yeah. all good. No, man, man, no. And, 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 I'm so, and I'm sorry, not to sound like an old geezer or nothing like that, man, but just off my mentality of playing sports and, you know, professionals I've watched play sports, man, if, if we knew someone made a statement like that, Guess what? We we are addressing that guy in the locker room or on the streets or something. Like he's gonna get dealt with if he made a it's statement okay. like that. It's huh? not okay to make that statement. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's, it's, we go win. We go you, win. Do you think? Do you think Isaiah or 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 or, or you know Julius Irvin, any of those greats, will make a statement like that going into the freaking finals, dude? I just have a problem with with like that whole quote what Kyle just read because like, dude, that's AD, that's what like, I'm saying. Like B, like B. The thing is, is that like when you have a guy like that, right? KD has the mentality of like a role player, and I and, and like I just hate that. Like like he has he has the body of a star. Is the body of work of a star, but he has the mentality of like a D leaguer. Like, oh, if I make it, it is what it is. No, dude, you need to go in there and show what you made of. Everyone thinks that you're soft. Everyone thinks that you ran from the challenge because you lost a three one lead to Golden State. Go out there and prove your worth. And if I was Steph, I would come up to him and be like, "Yo, dude, what's up? Are you feeling confident about the finals? Like, yo, we need to go put in more shots. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do we need to put in work now before the finals?" Because you averaging twenty nine and like eight right now, so you should be good, right? Instead, he's making statements like like this, trying to uh, 
damage control to make sure that if he does take an L, then no one's going to really go in on him as a person. Mm-hmm. F that, dude. You need to go in there and put it in work. Like, what? so what is this? That's like that's like a weak mentality to have. And LeBron don't have that mentality, man. LeBron got that dogman mentality, man. And you've seen it throughout these playoffs that he's hungry. And KD, you need to show up, dude. Well, what a, Q, he, go he ahead, did Q. run. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you guys have said a lot. The dialogue has been great. I, I really don't have much to add, but he did run. He ran to the best team. He's running from LeBron. And even if he wins this final, even if he beats LeBron, you're not proving that LeBron doesn't own you because you had to go to a 73-9 and team in order to beat dude. And and I'm sorry, I, I can't give you props for that. You are the second best player in the league should have people come in to play with him. That's just the way it's supposed to go. He should be recruiting people to, to his team or assembling whoa, 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 people whoa, 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 Wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. So what's what's the difference in him going to play for or play with another superstar and going to Golden State and LeBron leaving Cleveland to go play with a superstar in Dwayne Wade. He went to go play with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne right. Wade didn't come, the, to, right. didn't come to Cleveland. The difference is, and Wade, Wade is on record of saying this, that was orchestrated by LeBron. KD did not orchestrate that. Golden State orchestrated but, that, but the but the Golden but the State bottom line is him. is that they ended. Regardless of who orchestrated it, the bottom line is he this ended is, up in Miami. What I'm this and, is the and, difference. And, 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 and can I get what you're you saying? But but what I want what I don't want you to do is we defended LeBron or we we defended and criticized LeBron for the move. What was that six seven years ago? It's the same thing. Well, no, well no, no. Not, not the same thing per se, but in that context that you, that you just spoke of. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Whoa, whoa. Let, first off, let's be honest. LeBron got crucified yeah. for that move. First and foremost. The, the, now, the reason why I was okay with the move was because LeBron was in Cleveland for what, six, seven, maybe eight years? Mm-hmm. He couldn't get, he only made it to the finals one time. And they did not put a championship roster around him, right? In OKC. Sam Presti drafted three NBA MVP candidates, and they all played at the same time. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. There's, there's big differences between KD's situation in OKC and LeBron's situation in Cleveland. Let, let's make that. Let's uh, make I don't, that I don't, no, no, no. I, you, you missed my point. My point is what Ken said in not respecting the fact that he left to go play with them and. A, a player of his caliber going to play with someone else when that was the same narrative that we killed LeBron for but LeBron just, never just had, a few years ago. You're not hearing what I'm saying. LeBron never had nobody on his level. But that, he, but that he, doesn't, but, but, but FIFA, I get your point in matter. saying that it, it matters, but it doesn't because the, it, we got to look at the end result. The end result is he ended up in Miami. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't necessarily. And and I will be the. And I've said it on record. And I'll say it again. I don't criticize LeBron for leaving Cleveland to go to Miami because LeBron was what we call a free agent. Same for Kevin Durant. Would I have done it? Hell no, I wouldn't have done it. I would have stayed out. I would have been like Melo. I would have just been going down with the ship. Whatever team I'm on, 
If you can't come play with me, then so be it. Hello, doing that for money. <laughs> it's, it's a big difference. So you mean to tell me that if Cleveland drafted uh, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, LeBron would have left to Miami? That's a punk move. I, we don't know that. No, but 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 the point. But the point is, is never had one other guy. Not not two. One other guy, but if no one's supposed to be the guy, by by oh, by by the old standard, then you don't need anybody else by the old standard. Now, now there's a new standard now that you got to go team up with. People. That's not the. No, you the, always the, need somebody else. You need somebody else. No, no, I mean, no, you you're not getting it done with Eric Snow as your point guard. No, you're not. I'm sorry. Alan I mean, Iverson I, needed some. Allen Iverson exactly. needed somebody else. And, 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 you know, that first run that LeBron had with those guys, you know, he didn't have anybody around him. And they tried to bring players in. And I get it. But, again, he was a free agent. I don't not. I mean, like, there's a narrative of people that still don't like the fact that – and we talked about why people hate LeBron. There's still a lot of people that have a problem with the fact that he left to go team up with D. Wade and Chris Bosh and that he came uh, back home and he's teamed up with these other guys. Kyle, I think the difference here, Kyle, is the fact that, number one, LeBron James went to go play with one guy, and it was Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was always looked at as the guy who was just going to be basically Robin to this, like, sort of like a team-up Batman version of Dwayne Wade and uh, LeBron James. No one viewed Chris Bosh as being, like, this third amazing, incredible player. He was a Hall of Famer, but it's not the same as going to a team that already has Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and uh, and, and I, MVP. I get, I get that. that and, beat and you. And but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Le- Le- LeBron James didn't go to Boston after they beat them. He went to Miami, a team that was already out of the playoffs and was trying to rebuild. So he went to a team that was kind of in a rut a little bit. He didn't go to Boston. But, but, but here's, here's my point, Q, and, and this is the only point that ended where I, I wanted to stop Ken on, and I'll, I'll let him finish his point. Yeah. If we're going to say that, then here's the thing, because the flip side of it is that you're LeBron James. You shouldn't have to leave anywhere to go play with anybody. If anything, they should come and play with you. And the same thing that he's the same case that he's making for Kevin Durant, I get it. But I, what I'm saying is we could flip it and say, well, it should have been the same thing, and I'm not going to – just personally, I'm not going to criticize. Now, what, again, would I have done it? Hell no, I wouldn't, especially the team that just beat me. Now, that's an even bigger indictment on Kevin Durant because those dudes just beat him as opposed to LeBron not even having played. You know, like you said, that'd be like LeBron going to play with the Celtics. That being said, it's ultimately the end result is you got one superstar going from another team teaming up with other superstars to win a title. Free agent, but he didn't force his, he didn't force his but way. Kyle, yes, but, but you're dismissing the scenario. All you're looking yeah. at is superstar, superstar move. And but if you it. if you're the greatest, if you my people, my point is, if you're the greatest player, then by definition, you shouldn't have to go anywhere. But Kobe, but, that, but, but you're and, missing and, and, your and reliance talk, on the team. We talk a lot about Kobe, but to, in Kobe's defense, I can't believe I'm about to defend Kobe. But in Kobe's defense, Kobe never left L.A. He wanted whoever to they were. But he wanted, wanted to because wanted his GM wasn't wanted, putting anything around him. Hey, hey, Jordan wanted to leave Chicago. He never left. But but, but Kyle, Kyle, wait, wait, hold on. Leaving are two different things. Kyle, let me pause you. First off, he was gonna leave. 
No, he wasn't. He was on a six-year contract. He wasn't going nowhere. Kobe, Kobe wanted to go. Kobe wanted to leave because they had Smush Parker and Kwame Brown around him. He wanted, but he didn't go. That's my point. on the record. The trade was going to go through until Chicago pulled out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that he didn't want to go. Wanting to go and and going are two different things. But the sentiment is the same thing. See, what you're saying is that it doesn't matter because one, the best player should have someone come play with him. But you're if missing that, the component the, of if that's the case. If that, yeah. and I'm not even saying that, that should be the case always. Yeah, but I think I think what you're trying to say is something that is dismissing the fact that a GM has to do his job. David Griffin was not doing his job to put people around LeBron James. He had Mo yeah. Williams as his best player. But, but hold on, hold on, that's, but that's Le- not Le- my point. LeBron. My point is is that if we. We we did not. My only point in in say in stopping and, and and again I would let Ken finish his point. I'm sorry. Um, we we did not give LeBron that narrative six seven years ago. And the, and the only thing only reason why I stopped Ken in his statement is because we had dead end sports when this happened. We did not give LeBron that narrative then. I don't want to necessarily give Kevin Durant that narrative now. That's just me. And that's why I stopped Ken. But because we, we had this. Go, you can go back and look at the first Dead End Sports video. Go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. We argued about just this same point. That's all. But it's different, Kyle. It's not, it's not. Go back and watch the tape. It's not different. It's the same argument we had. The same. We, 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 can't frame, we can't frame the discussion differently because it's LeBron as opposed to Kevin Durant. No, we're, because we're, of who it's, we like. framed, it's framed differently because there's new information, right? What's there's the new the information? Interview. The interview that Dwayne Wade had with Wojnowski, where he said, and he told the story of how it all came about. The, what I'm saying, the difference between KD and LeBron is that LeBron is the alpha, meaning that, hey, I'm going to call you up. I'm a free agent. You're a free agent. Let's do this. Not, I just got beat by you guys. You guys are recruiting me. I'm not calling you. I'm listening. I'm listening to your offers. Right. You know, right. I'm, so I'm 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 passive aggressive. LeBron was aggressive. very passive aggressive. KD passive aggressive. And and again, KD is also following in LeBron's footsteps because he LeBron did it first and now KD's doing it second. So he's He was talking to the Warriors all season, Ken. Like right. Clay and Steph and Draymond were hitting him up. Right, Ever, like during well, I don't the season, know about like, Clay yo, stuff, you, but I, I do know that Draymond was openly recruiting him. That's he was well openly done. recruiting him, and it's 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 a it's a difference when your GM is not putting the talent around you. There's exactly. a difference between that, like in the, the to say that James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, and Kevin Durant could have never won a finals together is just intellectually dishonest. To say that Maybe LeBron like could have won a final. But to but to say that LeBron and KD's narratives are similar, I don't think that's I don't think that's correct at all because KD himself left to go join a unanimous MVP that just beat him. That's the biggest factor. LeBron James left to go help a franchise basically rebuild and win championships, and then he left to go help his hometown win championships. That like like we're 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 missing the narrative of David Griffin. Versus, you know, um, the GM of the Thunder. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, Presty. Presty put the talent around KD. Right, to but, be but Q, in, in saying in saying that, what I what my only point is that you're right. 
okay, you can make a case that the GM did not put the talent around. But when it came time for LeBron to say, okay, well, you know what? He's not putting the talent around me. I'm going to bounce. My, my, my point is, is that whether the same is that he went to go play somewhere else with another. He didn't say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go play in Utah if it was about leaving. Because if it was about leaving, he would have went wherever. But obviously, he wants to go somewhere. I don't blame him for going somewhere to want to win. Who else? Who wouldn't want to better their situation and get a better? All, all four of us would get a better job tomorrow if we could that would pay more. So I'm not saying that at all. My, my only point is that we've, on this show, had that same discussion. And the narrative, only only thing has changed, relatively speaking, has been the players. Just, or just based on what Ken said. Now, I'm not talking about the whole spectrum of it, but just based on the point that Ken said, which we totally lost. I'm sorry, Ken. I, well, go back, <laughs> go back and finish yeah, well, your point. No, nah, and and I think the the other thing that was said in, in that interview is that they just happened to go to Miami. New York was on the table. Chicago was Chicago. on the table. They were going to go right. wherever they could go play. They just wanted to play together. And LeBron, you know, initiated that whole thing. They initiated that with KD, and and that's the difference. And that's why when you hear these comments from KD. Is it surprising? No. KD has been getting a pass his whole career. He lost in the finals, and, and I forgot who brought it up. It was Rafa Q. I forgot he even played in the damn finals because nobody ever bring it up. It's like he never he doesn't even take blames for a finals loss. And mm-hmm. the other thing Q said is that, or Raph said is that in the crunch time, he wants to pass the ball. It's a lot easier to pass the ball when you can go to state, so you don't have that pressure um, on you to make that shot. So, and Raph is right. KD has failed a lot in in the playoffs and at at clutch moments, and he used to have it before. I don't know what happened to him, but it, he just lost it. But hey, let me pressure, add something to that. Yeah, yeah. USA basketball. Where was he? Where was KD and USA exactly. basketball? He was falling yeah. off in USA basketball, where the competition isn't even that nice. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, so, yeah, I, I, the, the the pressure is on KD because he's received <laughs> criticism for the move. People call it weak. People call it soft. And um, I think for LeBron, it's a challenge. LeBron is challenged mm-hmm. to do this because he knows what it's going to do for his legacy. There could be pressure on that to get it done. But, I mean, the guy's good in terms of what he's – has so far, he's accomplished. KD's not accomplished. And even if KD does manage to win this title, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but speaking for myself, even if they win this title, it's just going to be still a weak and soft title to me. And it just won't won't feel right because of the circumstances. Not his right to move and his right to choose. That's fine. But... 73 and 9, 3 and 1. How he did it, who he did it with. Yeah, it's just like, damn, man. And and the same goes for Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Yeah, y'all may win, but it's kind of whack. I'm sorry, it's going to be whack. I I can feel you in that. I I think, um, to answer the question, I'll be brief. Uh, I think the pressure is definitely on Kevin Durant. Um, LeBron has pressure. But it's more of a, like you said, more of a legacy. So I don't, like, the pressure that LeBron has is something totally different in and of itself. 
I don't even know if it's necessarily pressure because it's just he's chasing something. You know, he he mentioned in the summer he's chasing ghosts. I mean, this is this is trying to cement his legacy and where he stacks up. And of course, publicly, he said, you know, he, he doesn't want to be compared to Jordan and so forth and so on. But hey, we know the deal. We know the deal. Come on, LeBron. You're not fooling on us. But that being said, um, yeah, Kevin Durant, the pressure is definitely on Kevin Durant. I think anytime you go from the situation where he was in, um, considering everything that happened in the uh, in the playoffs last year with them being up 3-1, losing it to Golden State, and then, you know, leaving OKC uh, by the manner in which he did, kind of looks like he left, you know, Russell Westbrook hanging, didn't even talk to him to let him know he was leaving. All of that combined – and given the fact that Golden State Warriors are the overwhelming favorite to win, yeah, I, I think it's the pressure solely on Kevin Durant. Um, like I said, there's pressure on LeBron, but it's a little bit different. I, I think for LeBron, it's more so, like I said, the legacy. And, and let's just be real. It's the haters. I mean, like, haters and his detractors, you know, they're, they are waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, and we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, I'll, and we'll move on to the final topic. But we saw Ken and B and, and Q when what was that after Game Three that LeBron had, where he got sick or what have you, and 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 was you know he's, we talked about it on the podcast where he was just awful. I mean, social media wise, like oh man, the people who had been waiting, lying in wait to to come out and criticize LeBron, man, that was all the ammunition that they needed. His you know poor performance in that game. Uh, to uh, you know, against the uh, against the Celtics, so I think they will be waiting as well um, on LeBron should they not get it done. But again, the Warriors are the favorites here, so I think Q said it best. You know, you, you know they're really kind of playing with house money here. If he does get it done, then you know that's another chink in the armor. I mean, uh, another notch under the belt as far as his legacy. If he doesn't, I, I don't. Personally, I don't know how you can knock him, but I'm sure some of you low bottom haters will find a way to knock him. Um, all right, man. Before we get out of here, man, we got to give our predictions on the NBA Finals. Uh, who wins and in how many games? Cue the six man. You're up. Uh, how many games, man? Who wins this and in how many games do they get it done? Man, like the Warriors, they have two unanimous, have one unanimous MVP. They have another MVP. They have all NBA selections in Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They have a winning system. They have everything going for them, and they should win this finals. But I can't pick them to win this finals, man. I just, I just can't do it. Um, I respect KD. I still even respect him after his decision to leave. But there's just something stirring right now in number 23 and there's like an energy about number two for Cleveland and I like the way that those those two are playing right now Kyrie looks like he's ready to go at Steph's head LeBron James looks like he's ready to cement his legacy and in my opinion LeBron James is already top three only third to Kareem and, and um, Jordan but there's no way that you can't put him in top two, top three discussions if he beats this Warriors team. I believe the Cavaliers will somehow, some way, it's not going to be pretty at all, they will somehow, some way win this finals. 
It's going to come down to grit. It's going to come down to who wants it more. It's going to come down to tough buckets. And I think the Cavaliers are built for that. I think they have it in Tristan Thompson, at which I think the Warriors have no answers for rebounding with Tristan. I think they have no answers for rebounding with K-Love also down there. But LeBron James is the driving force behind this. And Kevin Love is playing pretty damn good defense in the playoffs right now, surprisingly. And I think they are ready to prove that last year was not a fluke. You can put Draymond, put Bogut out there. It don't matter. We were going to win regardless because we had that will to win. I think the Cavaliers win this series in six games. Okay. Okay. There you, there you have it, folks. Uh, six games for the Cavs uh, in Q to six, man. Uh, Ken, what about you, man? Who wins the finals and how many games and why? Y'all already know I got Cavs in six. And a couple of reasons why. Um, I, I like that Kevin Love is confident. He's cocky. He has a different look on him than he's had the last two years. Uh, I think he's ready to take on the challenge of Draymond Green to show that, you know, his last finals was, was a fluke. Kyrie Irving is going to turn into Kyrie Mamba. I think, I think Kyrie Irving will probably be your NBA Finals MVP. And I think he he's ready. Kyrie, we saw in the last two games of the Boston series, was rounding in the shape. And he's ready for Curry. And I think the final thing for me and why I'm picking them is that there was an article about LeBron's dominance on the East. And I think Chauncey Billups said this when he beat, he beat that Detroit team. He said... He's figured it out. And LeBron has a, a history of once he figures out how to beat you, that's it. The way I see it shaking out, we know LeBron can get you a game. I think Kyrie can get you a game. That's two. Um, I think, you know, is we going to get a love game? Are we going to get a Corver, uh, Derrick Williams game off the bench? You know, that could be either one or two more wins. Um and say, for instance, if one or the other, then you have a team game. So I think that's how your path to four. Jesus Christ, man, it's the longest day for <laughs> Oh, my God, Ken, what the hell? <laughs> I was actually wrapping up, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think. Shit. Democratic <laughs> debate. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, dude. That was my last point, and B had to jump oh. in. <laughs> Dude, I swear if I had like that little radio that Dave Chappelle had on the, on this show, wrap it up, B. I would have played that shit so quick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, yo, Man. Uh, yo, I went to the bathroom and came back. Jesus Christ, up. man. I mean, God, what is going on I here? Hey, I got to let him roll. That's yeah, I, I, I learned right that doing the show. The Ken's on the roll, you just got to let him roll. What you say? What you say, Q? That's just pure... That's just pure passion, right? Right, right there. That is. For the really game. Is, man. I, I was letting him. I was letting him go with it. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I I knew we were in trouble when I came when I went to the bathroom and came back and Kim was still talking. Oh man, that's funny. Okay, B, what about the you? Came, man? The blackness came out of me for a second. What you? <laughs> hey, what you, what Ken, you say, Kyle? You know, Ken. Ken is uh, you know, he's got preachers in his family, so he can go. I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, so yeah, B, your give us your prediction on who's gonna win and then how many games. Um, I got Golden State 
and six. We ain't where people at, man, because we gotta talk about our bet. But um, yeah, I got I got I got Golden State in six, and like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, Cleveland team defense concerns me. Um, throughout this whole playoffs, I mean, throughout this playoffs, huh? It's been better, but go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, better to shut down this, not shut down, but to kind of. I don't know, man. Like J.R. Smith, unless unless LeBron tell the had them dudes to get their stuff together, J.R. Smith has been blowing a lot of defense assignments, man. Like it kind of concerns me, man, when you got a team that can shoot. Now you add Kevin Durant, a team that can shoot that well. You know, LeBron James had the luxury of guarding Harrison Barnes last year. Uh, this year he doesn't have that luxury. So um, I don't know, man. That Cavs defense concerns me, and I just think, I just think. I think Golden State. Shout out to uh, Spartans, man. Uh, Draymond Green saying we are going to annihilate them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know that little that 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 uh, what's that little picture that we see with Draymond talking to Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I think the moment Kevin Durant start bitching up, I think Draymond going. I think he going to talk some shit into him, man. Like I mean, I really think he going to pep talk him or whatever. And I think I think they going to pull it out, man. They got home court advantage again. And I think they're gonna put out. I'm really surprised that either Ken or Q hasn't talked about the confidence that Kevin Love has been playing with in this in this in this playoffs. I'm surprised y'all haven't. I said, I said he's playing a lot better defense. Mm-hmm. He's been actually a pretty good post defender and rebounding like crazy. Yeah, like like I yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just see a different aura about Kevin Love. I'm surprised both of y'all haven't just mentioned. Um, I did. What, yeah, cute, cute. You you did. It was wrapped up I in mean, that long. I probably, I, I probably dozed off for a second when you was talking oh, for five hours, but um, but yeah, man, I got go, I got Golden State in six, man. I I, I bet it, FIFO. We got a twenty dollar bet wager again, like last year. Um, I told him I, he because FIFO said Cavs in six. I said okay, FIFO, if Cavs win in six, I throw an additional twenty dollars if they if they if Cavs win in six, which I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening at all. I got I got I got Warriors. I got Warriors in uh six, man. So me and Stephen A, we both on the Warriors train again. Oh, no Stephen doubt. A picked the Warriors, and you know what happens. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yep, Stephen A picked the Warriors. But I, I think me and Stephen A going to get it right this time. <laughs> I, 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 I got it last year. I got a um. <clears throat> I, I think I think the cat, not the Cavs. I'm sorry. I think the Warriors win, and I think they win in seven. Um. I, I've heard some of the so-called experts talk about the series, you know, being a short series. I don't, and, and I don't think it's wishful thinking. I mean, all of us have said six and I'm saying seven. Um, I think that I, I'm hoping and praying that we're in for a long series. Uh, I would be very disappointed. And I'd be, like I mentioned at the top, I'd be shocked if this ended in a sweep or even a gentleman sweep at that. Uh, Cause I think these two teams are, are evenly matched. Um, I trust LeBron. I trust LeBron. I trust LeBron. I trust LeBron. I trust Kyrie. Uh, that's where my trust <laughs> runs out with the Cavs. Uh, I think they've been playing well, but like B said, I'm very concerned about their defense. Very concerned about their defense. And a lot of what they struggled with with Boston, as far as the way the Boston moved the ball around, um, they're going to see that on steroids with the uh, Golden State Warriors offense. And so, and, and the Warriors play great defense. And so, you know, those 
wide open threes that they were getting because ultimately their job is going to run guys like Kevin Love, Channing Fry if he gets in the game, Kyle Korver off the off the the three point line. Uh, you know, make them put it on the floor and beat you putting the ball off the floor. They will live with Kyle Korver shooting you know 17, 15 footers. Um, but I think ultimately I, I think this comes down to Golden State. I think. Uh, and one thing we didn't talk about is the possibility. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but it's looking like it's going to be at least for game one is going to be a reality as of the time of this recording. Steve Kerr is not expected to be on the sidelines. Uh, I'm thinking that he will be at some point, but that's just that could just be wishful thinking on my part. They've done well in his absence, obviously, with Mike Brown on the sideline. So, you know, that, that if the game is close, it'll be interesting to see how it comes down as far as coaching with Tyron Lue going up against Mike Brown. Um, but ultimately, man, I, I think the way that Kevin Durant and Steph Curry have found a way to play together, uh, Clay Thompson has done defensively. Um, I think Golden State, just like I said, it's I think it's just too much. And honestly, I really think the key to this series, as I've said, the key to every series with the Golden State Warriors is Draymond Green. Uh, will he win MVP? No, he won't win MVP, but he is the star. He is the, is the straw that stirs the drink with Golden State. I think he'll play well. I can't see either team wrapping this up in five games. I think it goes seven. I think we get a game seven, you know, at Oracle. And I think the Warriors slowly pull it out. But I think you're going to see LeBron take his game to the next level again. Personally, I love watching LeBron play. I love, you know, what Kyrie is developing into. I don't trust Kevin Love. Um, there's nobody else in that team that I trust on a night-to-night basis. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be tough. I, I could I could really see this series going, you know, Golden State winning game one, Cleveland game two. Golden State winning game three, Cleveland winning game four. Golden State winning game five, Cleveland winning game six. Golden State winning game seven, just like that. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got, man. I got the, the Warriors in seven. I'm hoping and praying, fingers crossed, that it will be a classic finals, one that will make people forget about whatever these quote-unquote boring playoffs were. All right, so now it's time for our final thoughts. Q, give us your final thought uh, yeah man my final thought is that we need to just enjoy the game of basketball for the way it is right now i'm really tired of all the jordan versus lebron comparisons i know that it's easy for us to construct you know godlike figures in our minds and if everyone if anyone even approaches that status we like to tear them down but we need to look at what lebron james is doing as a player um, when he, when, when LeBron's three point shot is going to me, he's the best player that's ever touched the basketball because there's no way to defend that a guy six, nine, who can go to the basket, makes his teammates better. And when his shot is going, he's supernova, man. Like he's, you can't stop that. And I guess the biggest point of what I'm trying to make is that when we look at uh, the game, in the way it's transformed from having, you know, Jordan to Kobe to LeBron. LeBron is in those years to compare it to when Kobe was in his prime, uh, winning the MVP in 2007, I believe. And then he won those next two championships in 08 and, uh, I'm sorry, in 2009 and 2010. That's the, it's comparatively where LeBron is in his career. And we don't know how LeBron is going to age 
we we project he's still going to be superhuman and still, you know, the man of steel and all that stuff. But we don't know where LeBron's career is going to be headed from here on out. So I believe we need to just appreciate what LeBron is doing for the game of basketball. He makes his teammates better. And he has kids, and I've seen it because I'm in this generation. He has kids wanting to pass the ball and get their team involved. We went from, you know, the generation of kids who grew up with Kobe. Now we have the generation of kids who are growing up watching LeBron James. And very soon we will not be able to say that we're going to be able to watch LeBron in the finals. It's going to be a new crop of people. We have people like Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns, hopefully Joel Embiid is in that class. But we need to appreciate what we have right now. Instead of trying to go into the past and find reasons to undermine why LeBron isn't as great as something that we saw happen in the 90s, let's try to talk about how LeBron is doing something that we've never seen before and taking a team to seven straight NBA finals, obviously between two different teams, but the sentiment still remains. We have to celebrate the victories that are new. We have, we have to celebrate the milestones that have never been seen before and stop trying to go at what he hasn't done or how he isn't like your favorite player. Look at what he's doing for the city. Look look at what he's doing for his teammates. And just look at what his career has represented overall. Just from a personal standpoint, LeBron James has never had any scandals. So appreciate that. The only uh, major sports figure I know of has never had a major scandal. The only sports figure I know that has been able to brand himself within the sports industry, mm -hmm. regardless of what anyone has thrown at him, he's always kept his business 100. And he's always been about the game of basketball. He cares about his community. And we need to appreciate that, man. We need to put our hats, you know, our MJ hats off, take your Magic Johnson hats off, and just look at what the man is doing for the game of basketball right now. And what he's doing is greatness. Couldn't have said it better, Q. Couldn't have said it better. B, what about you? What's your uh, final thought? Um, just the um, PK uh, Subban. Um, I saw, I watched the ESPN E60 about Very his. Good. Very yeah, good. about his, um, you know, about his up, you know, upbringing and everything, and in, into the hockey world and being playing for Montreal, his dream, uh, childhood dream team he wanted to play for, now playing for, as we know, as the Nashville Predators, they in the Stanley Cup Finals against um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh um, Penguins, and uh, I hope I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for brother man. I, I I just hope you know he, of course, he got a lot of slack, a lot of racial. The racial profile and everything, of course, because he's like uh, uh, he's like a super he's like one of the, you know, one of the superstars in the league besides Sidney Crosby. And and what happened? To my man, that played for Washington. Um, Koval that's, a good, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. P.K. Subban, man, I, you know, I didn't know. I used to follow hockey a little bit. And that was just because Detroit. That's when we was on our Yankees on our Yankees tip. Making the final. If we wasn't if we wasn't win the Stanley Cup, we was either in the Stanley Cup finals or we was in that Eastern Conference Finals or whatever. So, you know, um, yeah, shout out to PK, uh, PK, man. I hope, I hope, I wish, I hope they do pull out this series and, and, and he get the Stanley Cup because he never got it in Montreal. And I think it'd be great to see him get it, hoist that uh, Stanley Cup trophy if they, uh, they lost game one. But it's only game one. So hopefully mm -hmm. you know, Nashville makes some adjustments and they they can go ahead and uh, win this, man. So I'm rooting for PK, man. Go ahead. Black excellence. No doubt. No doubt. I'm following that as well. Ken, what about you? What's your uh, final thought? Uh, you know, I don't even know how to to articulate this, so I'm going to give it a shot um, because I'm still kind of processing 
at all. But uh, I'm tired of the media <laughs> um, wanting to push what they think into people's heads versus what the player actually says. And what I mean by that is that Richard Sherman has been in the news. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. And on Speak for Yourself, Jason McIntyre has this grand idea about Richard Sherman and what he thinks. And Eric Davis, and this is what I like about some of the athletes on there, like Chris Carter and, and Eric Davis, they'll call him. And Eric Davis called Richard Sherman and spoke to him. And Richard Sherman basically said, I'm good. I understand the NFL is a business. I understand, but none, none of the stuff that's being said is true. And I don't need to really go out here and defend myself, blah, blah, blah. Out of the horse's mouth, this is what he said. Do you know what Jason McIntyre had the nerve to say? He said that said? because Richard Sherman didn't go on Twitter and deny or respond to the allegations that he don't that that he doesn't believe him and it makes him look bad. And Eric Davis is like, well, you're going off an, an assumption of what you think somebody should do, but I actually talked to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually spoke to the guy. Peer to peer. <laughs> Hall of Famer to probably future Hall of Famer. I'll take his word over what you're speculating. But people will buy into the speculation more than what is being reported that the player actually said. So I'm at the point where I'm getting sick of all of that, where you have a guy that has spoken to a person and their words don't matter because you want to push whatever narrative that it is you want to push over what a guy is actually saying. And now you're saying you don't take the guy at his word and you don't believe him. So I think that needs to stop. And somehow we need we need to clean up what is starting to turn into pretty crappy sports media. Great point. Great point, Ken. Uh, <clears throat> I'll close it out. Also backing up you talking about the media. Um, TNT, uh, inside the NBA crew, uh, Ernie Johnson, Kenny the Jet Smith, Charles Barkley, and Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, personally, my favorite NBA entity to watch. In fact, I wish that they were on for the NBA Finals because I, I do not watch pregame, postgame, or halftime from ESPN slash ABC. Uh, but last week they had an incident, or if you will, um, between Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. And Charles Barkley made reference to the fact that Shaquille O'Neal rode the coattails of Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and Alonzo Mourning to his championship rings. And Shaq really, really took offense to it. I mean, to the point where he was almost ready. Well, he had a piece of chicken, and he threatened to throw the piece of chicken at Charles. Now, they've gone back and forth, and you know it always seemed like friendly banter amongst colleagues, but... Uh, last week it looked kind of personal. Uh, Barkley went to the media. Uh, he was on Rich Eisen's show a few days ago, and he said, uh, "I love digging. I love digging with the little fella." I told somebody that he's got uh, thin skin. 
thinner than uh, flat Stanley. He said, I like messing with him and I just keep turning and turning and I can just see the veins in his forehead every time I ride him about Kobe, Dwayne <laughs> and Alonzo. He said, I just like messing with him because I know he's got the man. It's just got stuff. Exactly. Uh, I just wonder why Shaq's taking it so personal. I mean, Shaq, come on, man. We know that you are the big diesel, the big Aristotle. We know your pedigree. We know that you're one of the 50 greatest players of all time. We know all of your history. We know that you're just a big human teddy bear. We know that you're that you're a Shaq is the kind of guy that most people want to hang out with. He just seems like a big fun guy. But uh, Shaq, you can't take this stuff personal, man. I mean, and and again, you'll come back to Barkley as well. Yeah, you don't have any rings. Everybody knows Barkley doesn't have any rings. I personally think Barkley is the greatest player to not have a ring. That being said, Shaq, lighten up, man. It's it's, it's while it makes for fun TV last week, man. It looked like you was kind of. You, you, you were kind of catching feelings, Shaq, and that's not cool, especially not from the Big Diesel. That's going to do it for us for this week. For FIFO, for my man Q, the six man, for Ken, for B, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Thank you for tuning in once again to The Place Where Sports Opinions Collide, another edition of the Dead End Sports Weekly Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.